0: You are listening to a message from the Living Word Community in Center City, Philadelphia. We are followers of Jesus Christ, called to love God and love people, to share Jesus and help people experience true life change that can only come from knowing Him. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Sunday school going down? Okay, all right, (laughs) yeah. So if you're in Sunday school, please, uh, you can make your way downstairs. Oh, it's okay. How's everyone doing? Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. It's all good. Let's pray real quick. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for uh, uh, being able to worship together, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for that amazing uh, testimony of your faithfulness, Lord God. And Lord, and just at the right time, Lord. Just at the right time. That's how you work. Lord God, we, we, we get so frustrated at times when things don't happen on our time, when we want it to happen. But your timing is perfect. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for um, so w- for what you're doing, what you continue to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. All right. I mean, gotta fix the microphone for uh, the cord, but um, so we're uh, we just got finished reading uh, Ezekiel, and we're gonna start reading Psalms tomorrow, and so. I have the opportunity, I could have I preached on Ezekiel, or I could preach on Psalms, and guess what, I'm going to preach on Psalms. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, why don't you um, open up your, your Bibles with me to Psalm 1. All right? Okay. Hopefully, uh, it'll turn out okay. Dave was telling me that it probably won't, but... Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but... Uh, They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the, in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly for the, of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Wow. Some, some good stuff, some serious stuff. You know, the book of Psalms was the hymnal of the Jews in the early church, Right? They're a group of poems and, and songs that early followers of God used to express their worship. You know, a lot of things, we, we, do, we do the same thing now. We re- use a lot of psalms in our worship. You know, they're filled, with, they're filled with emotion. You know, and some are, some are songs of, uh, of triumph and joy, right? There's, uh, you know, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, right? Great song. We used to sing that all the time here, you know, um... You know, and then there's there's still others are, are of grief. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And still others are teaching songs, you know, poems to guide, you know, us through the, the pathways of life. You know, to, to help us choose to do the right thing and, and, and to walk um, away from doing the wrong thing, right? You know, and those are called wisdom psalms. And, and the very first psalm, Psalm 1, is one like that. Is written, you know, uh, uh, is, is written to to introduce us to an idea that we have a choice whether to live a life of godliness or to reject that life, uh, you know, for what the psalmist call, psalmist calls the path of the wicked. All right, that's what it does. You know, throughout the Bible, you know, there is this consistent theme that we're always standing at a fork in the road. We're always at a fork in the road, and constantly, uh, th- that's constantly before us. You know, the choices between you know about which direction to take, the path that, that leads to God, and and there's a, there's a path that leads, that leads to God, and there's another path that leads away from Him. You know, and the choice is yours. The, the only, the the only, and only yours, right? The choice is yours and only yours. You know, which direction you will take. You know, in Proverbs 4, 25 and 27, you know, it says, Solomon says, you know, let your eyes look straight ahead. You know, fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the left or to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Solomon says that in, 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 in Proverbs 4. You know, Jesus made the same kind of claim you know, near the end of uh, his Sermon on the Mount. You know, that he challenges us to recognize that, that not every path in life leads, uh, uh, leads us in the direction that we want to go. You know, he, says, he, he says, enter through the narrow gate. Right? For wide is the gate and broad is the, is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. You know, But small is the gate, it narrows the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So there's a crossroads, there's a, there's a, there's a path we can take. When we come to, to the last verse in Psalm 1, it says, once again, we find ourselves standing at a crossroad in life. You know, and it's clear that, that one of the paths go, go the, goes the way that we want, and the other way leads to a place that we don't want to go. No, for the, it says, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. It's verse 6. Now, don't miss the big idea, you know, that all these verses are telling you. They're telling us. You know, with every choice you make, you know, you're setting the course of your life. Every choice you make. You know, with... Uh, uh, it, 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 the point that Solomon, you know, and Jesus and the psalmist, all are trying to get us to understand is that the choices we make will either take us down a dead end road or they will lead us to a place where God is going to bless us. That's what it's saying. And even though other people might try to influence us, you know, they might influence you to try to, you know, to turn right here or veer left over here, you know, uh, in your life, Ultimately, you hold the steering wheel. You can make those choices of what you want to do. You know the decision you make and the pathway you choose to follow in your life determines your destiny, determines where you go. Now, I want to look at look closely at Psalm one. You know, you know when we're standing at the fork in the road, we don't have to decide. We don't have to decide the path to take without knowing what's on the other, at the other end of the road, right? We don't have to do that because God has been good enough to us to give us some, some, uh, some direction on how to make the kind of choices that, that will please him you know, and lead us uh, uh, in a life that, that's pleasing to him. So we notice in, in, in Psalm 1, 1 and 2, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night. So number one, we need to be selective, right? About the influences in our lives. We need to be selective about that. (coughs) Excuse me. Like over the years, I've heard people, you know, you know, Preachers and other people read this verse, and it says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, right? And then they start talking about, oh, you can't have non-Christian friends, right? Don't hang out with anyone that's, that's not a Christian. And, and you know, uh, and they, they quote other scriptures and things like that. You know, all your friends need to be Christians. They need to be Christians, Christians, Christians. And as a result of that kind of thinking, you know, you get a whole lot of churches that are just like holy huddles, right? And it's just, you know, and they they talk about all the people that, how bad the world is and how terrible the world is and how the world's going to hell in the handbasket, right? And it's basically they're just shaking their heads and wagging their fingers and just saying how bad things are, you know, and they're not doing any good, right? And it's not a good thing, you know, but they're they're, they're wrong because this verse doesn't say we shouldn't have non-Christian friends, right? Because... Not everyone you know is a Christian. Not not all your friends are going to be believers. Right? You know, Jesus surrounded himself with ungodly people all the time. You know, so much that the the religious people got mad at him because he wasn't giving them enough attention. Right? And so, the psalmist doesn't say don't walk with the wicked or be around the sinners and the mockers. It's It does say that God wants to bless you right he wants to bless you and so and you won't fall so that you won't fall he wants he doesn't want you to fall under the influence of the wicked you know he doesn't want you to live like the sinners and you won't be found you know he doesn't want you joining in with the mockers that make sense you hear that you know, he wants to bless you, and if he wants to, and by blessing you, you know, he doesn't want you to fall under that influence. He doesn't want to want you to fall under that influence. You see that what the psalmist is warning us against is isn't, you know, isn't to guard ourselves against being around people as much as he's, as he's telling us to guard ourselves from being influenced by people who don't have godly priorities. In Proverbs four twenty three. You know, Solomon said, you know, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Everything you do. You know, I, I know whenever I go away or get away from some kind of retreat or something like that, and you know, we all do it, right? We leave, we leave the influence of the world behind, and, you know, you're blessed, you know, with clarity, and God's moving, and you're on this spiritual high, you know, but you come back home, Right? come back home we come back into our routine we don't have our guard up around our heart and we let you know polluting influences in that happens a lot it happens all the time you know we get around people who are you know smart mouths and just you know and they what they say is pretty funny right and you know you start to, to join in you start to laugh. You start to join in. We turn on the television and we open our phones and, our, and we fill our minds and our hearts with, you know, trash that, you know, ungodly people are promoting. You know, and before long, you know, the sparkle of our spiritual high is gone. It's gone. You know, the psalmist says, uh, if you want to be blessed by God, be selective about the influences in your life. Got to be selective about it. You know, when you step back and look at it objectively, you know much of the entertainment that is available, you know, you know today is is some of the the worst influ- influences that you know we can you know subject ourselves to. The TV, the movies, you know, are not filled with are all filled with unwholesome thoughts, right? You know, and images. You know, but the tone, but. You know, and and the tone of many of the sitcoms that we watch, the comedies and things like that, you know, they're they're certainly mocking. They're mocking, and social media—it's all mocking stuff and all doing. I mean, anyway, (laughs) you know. But I have to admit, you know, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, you know, of of uh, uh, as the next guy, as the next but next person, you know, sitting in the chair and, and you know grabbing the remote. Or or just picking up my phone and scrolling through, whatever it might be. I'm guilty as anybody. I'm probably worse than anybody here, just to let you know. You know, but you know what? We're the most plugged in, the most plugged in generation Ever. Ever. There's so much going on, you know, with so much news media and, sen- and sensation bombarding us from, you know, every direction along with, you know, the opinions and counter-opinions and, and misinformation on, on social media and, and all these other places, you know, it's hard to maintain perspective. It's hard for us to maintain perspective. You know, to keep our heads when everyone around us is losing their heads. So Difficult. You know, every day there's a new report about an injustice, quote-unquote, about an injustice. Every day there's something, you know, uh, an outrage that, uh, you know, know, something that's happening to somebody or some people. Every day there's something. There's a constant barrage of injustice and outrage, and it overwhelms us right and it clouds our perspective on what is what the story is right now what's going on right now you know we get overwhelmed and we start to freak out over you know what's going on in our world but you know what Jesus said about these times don't freak out that's what he said he said you'll hear wars and rumors of wars and and but don't be frightened don't be scared Jesus was a guy that didn't get anxious, you know, who didn't over—he didn't freak out over things, right? That's who Jesus was. He was a pretty calm guy. You know, Jesus knew that everything was, you know, was going to be competing for our attention. He knew that. Everything was going to be competing for our attention. This injustice, that breaking news event, you know, or expose, right? Uh, The the message being shouted at, at us from all sides is like, get upset. You have to be upset. You really should be upset. You know, this wears us down, right? It wears us down, but there's something we need to remember. Do you know that there's only one story? It's one story going on. You see, the human brain, right, we process things, and, and we process information in the form of a narrative. You know, s- you know, story is like basically woven into like the fabric of our reality. You know, the story is the way we figure things out, you know, and bring order to, and meaning to the things around us. That's how, that's how our brains work. You know, and the story we hold at any given time shapes our perceptions. It shapes our hopes you know, and our expectations in life. You know, it gives us a place to stand. That's what it does. You know, and during this time, the the, the time we're, we're living in right now, you know, coming through the pandemic, right? You know, the war in Ukraine, the rising interest rates, the gas prices, the murders and crime in our city. You know, what story are you telling yourself or letting others tell you? What story is it? Is it a political narrative? You know, we just need to get the right people in power, right? Do you say that to yourself? Or you hear are people saying that? Is it a social narrative, you know? The issue is justice, we need justice. Is it about the economy? You know, a new era of prosperity com- is coming, right? Or, oh no, they were in a recession. You know, we're in, a, we're in an economic downfall. You know, is that the story that's, 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 that's guiding you? Or, more importantly, is it the story that God is telling? Is it the story that God is telling? We're living in a story. We're living in a story. A story written. And being unfolded by the hand of God. Despite what the world is shouting at us, despite all the information that's coming at us, you know, day and night, on our phones, in our televisions, and on the radio, whatever in the on the billboards around us, doesn't matter. The story of God is the story of the world. It is. It's so important for us to hold on to that, especially during these times. You know, the story of God is still the story of the world. Everything from galaxies to governments, everything is subject to his rule, and nothing is done without his say-so, and this is forever, forever, forever. You know how long that is, right? That's a long time. That's forever. You know, he's in charge of it all. You know, it, it, he has a final word on everything, and, this, and he's at the center of it all. At the center of everything, you know, Christ rules his church. It's at the center of it all. You know, in Ephesians 1, you know, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking about, you know, the power that's in us. And he says, you know, starting in verse 19, I don't think I have it in the thing, but he says that, you know, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Above all rule, above every authority, Jesus is there. You know, you see, The church is not peripheral or secondary to the world. The world is secondary to the church. The world is secondary to the church. Now, does your current emotional state, like how you feel right now, with everything going on in the world, does it reflect confidence that Jesus is absolute Lord of everything? you know, in heaven and earth, you know, that his church is center, stage, and not the world? Does your, do do you really reflect that, you know, that Christ is, is going to get the final word? Yeah, a lot of times mine isn't either. That's not my emotional state a lot, but that's what it needs to be. That's what it should be, you know, when we think about Paul, sorry, I'm like, but when we think about Paul, you know, saying these, saying these things, you know, he sounds crazy, right? Because at the time, Christianity was nothing. It was nothing at that time. When Paul was saying these things, Christianity was nothing. You know, it was a tiny little sect of a tiny, you know, ancient religion and a small, impoverished, conquered nation in, like, in the forgotten part of the world. That's what, that's, that's what Paul was saying that in Israel, you know, all, that, all those years ago, it was like nothing. He was like nothing. Christianity was nothing. You know, in his day, who was the ruling power? Rome, right? Rome was everything. They ruled the known Western world. You know, and, they, they execute, and when they executed the man that was the head of this small group of people, you know, it was thought that Rome was going to be the ruling power. For a very, very long time. And where is the Roman Empire now? It's gone. It's gone. It fell a few hundred years after, uh, you know, Paul wrote those words. No, but it, was Chris- it was Christianity that continued to grow th- for the next 2,000 years. You know, gaining global influence. Reaching all around the world. Uh, many kingdoms have come and gone since then. You know, th- but the story of God... The story of Jesus Christ has been, is now, and always will be the story of the world. It is. We need to put that, on like, on a plaque or on our, uh, you know, screensavers on our, or on our phones or our desktop. You know, the story of God, the story of Jesus Christ, you know, has always been, always is, and always will be the story of the world. It is. Every heart on this earth you know, is beating because Jesus Christ is sustaining it. Every breath every man, woman, and child is going, it has taken or is taken or is going to take you know, is all because Jesus Christ is ruling. Everything taking place in the universe is happening because Jesus Christ is ruling. It's because it's Jesus' story, right? And he's sustaining everything in his power. And the story is racing toward the climax, right? It's coming to a climax. It's coming to, like, you know, a climax. You know, and a lot of times we don't like it. We don't want it, you know, and uh, we all pretend that everything is, you know, you know, that Christian four-letter word, you know, fine, right? I think that's a Christian four-letter word. Because everyone says, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, like, terrible. But, you know... We want to go back to the happy times and things like that you know with before the pandemic when everything was like so great and 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 fantastic right (laughs) and but that's not how the story goes most of the time you know there's a lot of times there's there's a journey there's peril there's all these different kinds of things going on you know, this past week we started studying eschatology, you know, in on, on, on the Wednesday night Bible study. If you haven't been, you should go. It's really good. Um, if, you, if you can't make it here, jump on Zoom. It's, a, it's available. So, I mean, you should be on it. You should, you should be there. You know, day began uh, uh, with a study, you know, uh, of talking about the end of the age and the last days, the last day, the last hour. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, when we hear these things... You know, we 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 start thinking about them. And we get like a little scared. We get a little antsy about okay, but well, what's going to happen? You know, what's the last days? What's, what's you know all these things? And you know, we get a, kind of of afraid. You know, but we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be scared. We should be excited, right? The problem is that you know we think when we think of the end times, we think about you know the Hollywood image of you know what the what what the world's going to be like. And uh, I may be wrong. Please correct me if I am, you know, all you Bible scholars, but I don't think anywhere in the Bible it talks about a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I really don't think so. I might be wrong, but I don't think that's, you know, that's not a, that's not happening, right? You know, but everyone feels like they would rather have everything go back to the good old days when the story begins, like in Star Wars, right? You know, Luke Skywalker was bored. Yeah, he was a. you know what he did before? You know, the whole story takes place. He was a moisture farmer. Now, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> You're farming moisture. I guess. They, I mean, it was a desert planet, so I guess you know. But he was a moisture farmer. But everything. I think everything was going well before. You know, he might have been bored, but everything was pretty good before. You know, those stup- those those two stupid droids show up, right? And like his life falls apart, you know, he gets whisked away, you know, to become a Jedi, goes to fight his father, who's like the ultimate bad guy, you know, and saves the, you know, the galaxy from the Empire, right? The evil Empire, you know, that's, everything was good before he went there, and like Frodo, right, and Lord of the Rings, great. Everything was going great. He's at Bilbo's 111th birthday party. Everything's fine. They're having good times, hanging out with his friends in the Shire, you know. But then he gets sent on a journey, you know, that takes him near death, you know, beyond the gates of Mordor. You know... All these things happen, right, and you know, you see the story doesn't stay on the farm on the moisture farm' ah, it's still still never forget that the, the story doesn't stay there it doesn't stay in the shire, right every story moves to a climax and and but the joy at the end is always greater than the happiness that at the beginning it's always greater, you know so getting back to what I was talking about <laughs> right but we as believers, we always want to be happy. Or we as people, we want to be happy, you know, but, we, but how, do we, how do we do that? We need to be people who study and live by the word of God. You know, we spend so much time putting the things of this world into our, our minds, and so little time reading the Bible. You know, if you spend 30 minutes on social media, you know, you should be spending at least twice that, you know, reading the scriptures. Or, and, and, and reading a, a book that furthers your, your, your walk with the Lord. It should be twice that, at least. Right? But we spend so much of our time being influenced uh, uh, by the, by the, by the world that we wonder why we're struggling or not happy. No, but Psalm 1 says, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're happy. You know, and in the, in, in the, it says happy, happy, happy. A lot of commentaries I've read is the man, is the one. You know, it says you're blessed. You're happy if you turn off the television. Ha, right? Turn off your phones and iPads and fill your mind with something substantial. You know, ble- the blessed person delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, we, he meditates. he meditates day and night. Instead of filling our minds with the craziness that the world has decided to sell, you know, to sell us, right? You know, we need to be filling our minds with, with, with you know, with the things that, that, that directs us the way God wants us to go. That brings us, uh, uh, you know, closer to him that, 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 that um, fills our, our, our heart, Lord, and our hearts and our minds with the things that he wants for us. And that brings us to the next direction in the God's roadmap, right? Uh, you know, it says that we need to we need to be connected to our source. To your, you need to be connected to our source of light, life, right? And describing the person that, that, that God blesses, the psalmist writes this in Psalms three uh, in verses three and four. It says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Now, you really can't separate this from the previous idea, you know, someone who delights in God's word and meditates on it. No, it's the idea of a a desert tree planted in an oasis, right, with roots running deep to to the water and provides life and fruit. Now, the psalm says, the psalm is saying that, you know, our life as a godly person is derived from the sustained and sustained by the Word of God, we're, we're derived and sustained by the Word of God. You know, I, I mean I don't apologize for saying this, but you know we desperately need to be regularly, regularly reading God's Word. We need to be reading His Word, you know, and letting it sink sink into our minds. You know, I I know for myself, it's a definite difference. You know, in my attitude and my actions when I'm reading my Bible, you know, regularly. You know, and between that and when I'm you know, I I miss my devotion or misreading and, and, and don't and don't study the word. You know, you need a regular method, you know, of reading the Bible that works for you. You know, what works for one person does might not work for another. You know, and um and just as much as, you know, your source of, your source of life, you know, is is as as water is. The source of life to a, to a tree, it, it, you know, it's like our source of life, just like a, a, the water is to a tree in the desert, right? That's what it's like. It is our source of life. The Lord is, you know. So how do you, you know, get your thirst for God quenched, right? His, his, for his word, how do you get it quenched, right? You know, you don't ask Dave or, you know, do things like that. <laughs> you know, you find a regular place. You know, you you set aside an established time. You know, you have a a method that you use. And most importantly, what we need to do is we need to drink slowly, right? A lot of times we want to, like, guzzle it down, get it done with, get it done and over with. You know, drink slowly. Don't rush through it. Meditate on his word. That's what we need to do. Meditate on his word. And it's not like, the, you know, you see Eastern religions, you know, you uh, uh, empty your mind of everything and then, you know, concentrate on all that. No, you really think about the word. You really chew it. You really uh, dive in. You really use your brain and, and, and see what the Lord has for you in that. Okay. You know, so one thing I, I, you know, I had this I'm not going to do that. Story to tell, but um, we need to we need to we need to study the word like our lives depend on it because it does. It really does depend on it. You know, every detail is important. You know, we we you know, it's not like reading a textbook, you know, for information know, or reading the novel for entertainment. You know, it's not even a devotional book for inspiration. That's not what it is. You know, our lives are on the line, right? Our lives are on the line because it's our life force. It's, it's, it's like it brings us the, the everything that we need to, to grow and, and, to, and yeah, every, everything we need to grow. You know our lives depended on it. It, it depends on us. And so, <coughs> excuse me. If you want to be blessed by God, we need to listen to Him. You know, speaking to us through His Word. You know, according to Psalm one, you know, to be blessed by God, we need to be selective about the influences that we that we let into our lives. We need to be connected to the to our source of life, right? And we need to be intentionable, intentionable, ah, intentional. 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 Lord. Intentional, right? About where we're going, about our destiny. You know, in in verses 5 through 5 and 6, it says, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. You know, the truth of the matter matter is, is, is life isn't just about a few years we get to spend on earth. It's not. You know, the Bible teaches us that we're eternal beings. We're eternal, created to live forever with God. You know, and the Bible is also very clear that one day the path we choose will come to an end here on earth. This is. You know, we're all gonna we're all gonna die. You know what happens from there is completely up to the Lord. The good news is, you know, that God is merciful enough to let us know what what, what is at the end of the road we choose up front? He lets us know that. It's a good thing, right? You know, one pathway leads to heaven, and the other pathway leads to hell. And according to Jesus, the only way to be able to walk on a heavenly pathway is to follow in his footsteps. Right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Nobody. People want to try to go different ways. They want to see about different religions. They want to, you know, say, oh, they want to see something that's more palatable for them. You know, they might leave the church and go something that's more accepting. You know, something like that. But Jesus says He's the only way. He's the only way. It's not anyone else. Not any, anywhere else. You know. Now, don't get me wrong. We can be on the path with Jesus and get sidetracked, right? We can. There are times in every Christian's life when he takes detours and uh, that, separ- that separates us from the fellowship of Jesus. You know, there are all sorts of people you know, uh, uh, in the road that, 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 that can distract us and take us off track. When we get down the wrong road, we often need help from other believers to get back. You know, that's why it's good to fellowship with other believers. You know, people who really know you. But when you find yourself, you know, at a fork in the road where you know wh- which way Jesus is calling you, but you just want to check out that other little detour, you know, think about it. Think about it. Really think about it. You know, which, path, which pass, pathway is going to take you the way God wants you to go? We really need to think about that. There's a saying that, you know, the beginning of all sin is a suspicion that God is not good. But the truth is, God is good. And he wants your life to be solid, you know, prosperous. You know, not necessarily financial wealth, but steady. You know, a spirit filled filled with peace. You know, a life filled with fruit of the Spirit. That's what he wants. God wants you to know the kind of life. He wants, to, wants us to know that kind of life, you know, in, in our best moments, you know, those, those best moments when we dream, we all dream about, those moments that we dream about, you know. But we have to follow him where he's leading. We have to follow him where he's leading, be a part of his story. Be a part of that. You know, the, the, the road that God leads us on isn't always going to be easy. It's not going to be easy all the time. It may even be per- perilous at times. All right? But the end is way better uh, than going down the wide path that most people are traveling on. It's better than that. You see, those, <laughs> those that don't follow Christ... You know, are going to face major obstacles along the way, too. They're also going to follow, they're going to hit major obstacles on the way. But what they don't realize is that they're facing those obstacles alone. They're facing them alone. And they're climbing over them, you know, trying to get to the other side, only to find out that the road they're on is a dead end. It's very sad. But when we are in Christ, we know that at the end of the road, there's a heavenly reward. There's a heavenly reward purchased for us by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, I'm in there. It's getting late. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for... For your word, Lord God. Lord, your word, Lord, that guides us, Lord, that that uh, feeds us, Lord, God, waters us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would become wise, Lord, to the things that we're doing to ourselves, Lord God. The things that we're putting in our minds, or the things that we're allowing to influence us in this world. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would uh, uh, put down those things, Lord. Forsake those things. Drown out those things that are trying to distract us, Lord, from what's truly important. And that what's important is you, Lord and what you're doing. Lord, make us a people, Lord, who uh who listens, Lord, to you. Lord, who doesn't get distracted by the things that are that are going on around us. Trying to take your eyes off the prize, trying to get us all flustered and and wanting to, 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 to give up, Lord God, to walk away from you, to say that these things aren't worth it anymore. That's what Satan's trying to do. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we would, that our focus, Lord, would be on you, the things of you. Lord, that we won't be anxious, Lord. That we won't be frightened, Lord. That we won't give too much credence, Lord, to the things of this world, and the the world that's trying to distract us from the true importance. The true importance, Lord God, which is you. And I thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. I thank you for, Lord, just the opportunity to come here, Lord God and worship you together. well may we be a people, Lord, that live up to the name of this congregation, you know, Living Word Community. Lord, that we will live, Lord God, by your word. That we will live by your word, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.